All right, we are back. I hope you guys are having an awesome day. Uh, I am having an awesome day myself. Uh, today, we have a bass player here in Kansas City, uh, Jacob Romer. How you doing? Doing well. How are you, Rob? Pretty good, man. Thanks for coming yeah, and yeah. doing the show. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So, if you guys have not seen it, uh, we have already uh, had Jacob on the show with uh, his band Satori. Yeah. And we came out and did a yeah, little... Kind of a group band mm -hmm. interview is cool yeah yeah it turned out pretty good we got to play a little you got to hear yeah, you guys play like a couple that. full songs and then uh do some kind of mini interviews and and that turned out to be a pretty fun yeah movie. that was a lot of fun yeah, yeah. but uh so where you and i met was i'm sure at brian ruskin's gig because i didn't know you yeah. were playing with satori I think, so i yeah, think it was I think, probably at the right. phoenix yeah. there um so I mean, just kind of starting there. Talk talk a little bit about getting to play with uh, getting to play with Brian, another guy who's yeah. done a, and then so Caleb, mm -hmm. Caleb Aldridge, Aldridge yeah. he's been on the show already as yeah, well, yeah. and then uh, I know uh, what's his face, Mark Montgomery mm -hmm. has played bass yeah, with yeah. kind of opposite you. He's been on the show as well. So uh, um, and Bree Bree, yeah. uh, I don't actually Plaster. I don't know. I you probably know. don't know Bree, yeah, but she's another drummer who's played with Brian in the past too. That's also been on the show, but. Um, talk talk about Brian a little bit, playing with him. Yeah, um, I've been playing with Brian pretty consistently for about two years now. Um, and it's just one of my favorite groups I play in. He's kind of got his collectic genres that he he uh, tries to you know bring in. He tries to do a lot of like jazz standards, but you know, he does his own little arrangements and versions of them and he does his original tunes, and he, you know, he's a big R and B funk guy and mm -hmm. blues guy and um, rock and roll, and he just kind of brings all that stuff together and tries to make it all work. And um, that's probably what I enjoy the most about playing with him is like the uh, the variety of each song. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I mean, it's kind of like a, I would call it if I had to label it, I'd probably call it like a fusion jazz. Confusion jazz, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard of that term before. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, no, but like fusion. Fusion, know. yeah. Con fusion. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, definitely like rock and roll sound, but uh, like like a jazz quartet. Right. You know. Um, and so, uh, my, you know, my role as a bass player is pretty much just trying to keep it down but uh sometimes we get a little experimental and just kind of mm -hmm. let it let it flow you know and um yeah it's just it's just a blast all about uh communicating with each other on in the live setting mm -hmm. um and, and just listening um sure yeah you i know i talked about this with scotty McBee when he when he came onto the show is that and we were talking about dream theater and i don't know if you know dream mm -hmm. theater that well but those guys and Rush would be totally in this in this camp where they're sort of in here they're rock but in here they're jazz mm -hmm. you know and yeah. and I, I think all of you guys sort of fit that type of idea where in your brains you just can't even stand it right you have to you know you yeah. have to just you know <laughs> go into eleven eight and you know do do some kind of heady stuff you know yeah, but yeah. in your heart it's not. Like Brian, you can tell his heart is all over the place. Like yeah, you said yeah. with the eclectic, is that? I mean that that seems like right up your alley. Yeah, me personally, yeah, that's yeah. exactly that's what I love. Um, uh, you know, growing up, 
you know, some of the biggest influence on me musically, like, you know, it was like Rush, Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. Iron Maiden, Metallica. It was definitely like a heavy rock. Right. Uh, Based, you know, uh, group of artists I'd listen to. You know? Sure. Um, and then, you know, learning, learning to play the bass and studying, the more I got into that, like the more... Uh, in depth, I got with different genres, and mm-hmm. you know, then you know, Jaco Pastorius was somebody I discovered. Sure, that just kind of changed my world. You know? <laughs> I was like, wow, right. I didn't even know the bass could do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, kind of stu- studied his music and listened to a lot of that, and just kind of branched off from there. And uh, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with a whole different style of music, mm-hmm. but you know, still have that soft spot for you know classic rock sound right the metal mm-hmm. sound I love that you know? yeah sure do you like and so I've thought about this a lot because I'm I'm similar to you guys where I have a lot of different loves and a lot of different genres but when you're playing in his band do you come at each song differently then like I know I played with him his one of his originals that's like straight up bluegrass almost you yeah. know it's a real boom chuck fast mm-hmm. kind of do you do you take a different mentality into each song or do you kind of as a band just kind of come at it kind of the same and you're just playing another <laughs> song well I I can't speak for everybody else but for me it's um the mentality I have it's like this is the Brian Ruskin quartet and mm-hmm. it's kind of like I'm trying to fit that sound. Yeah. And um, not necessarily bluegrass. Yeah, not necessarily bluegrass yeah. sound. You yeah. know. And when you play with Brian, um, you play a lot of different genres. You yeah. know, it's like, and you you can try to you know oh, I want to well we're playing a blues tune right now so I'm gonna try to play the straight ahead like classic blues right. bass line. You can do that. Right. But uh, I tend to like try to follow. Like the Brian mentality, like I've I've talked with Brian several times about this, and I was like, well, especially when I first joined the band, I was like, so like, what is it you want you're wanting for me? What am I doing this all right? Does it sound good? And basically, the conversation we had was like, Brian's just like likes to have everybody be a collaborative effort, like put their own voice in there. Yeah. Like, like that's why he hires us to play. You know, sure. He wants our voice. Yeah. Um, he wants to play his voice and he wants to have you have your own voice mm-hmm. and ideally it's gonna you know create some beautiful music mm-hmm. or something cool at least um, ideally um, and I, I think for the most part especially after playing with them for a while we're starting to like really mesh and kind of understand how we play sure yeah yeah and that's probably neat because the, I mean now that some of us are getting, you know, a little bit older and we've played in a couple of bands now, you know, as 30 year olds or whatever. But like, I think it's funny when you're with a band for a while and you do get some different members because you and Mark are pretty different. I don't know if you yeah. played with Mark ever, but yeah, it, yeah. Um, he's much more blues or, you know, mm-hmm. and I, not that you aren't, but he's very blues yeah, oriented, yeah. you know, and you're just something different from him. And mm-hmm. I bet that's really neat for Brian at yeah. being so... Uh, so improv oriented that now he gets a different thing and that's exciting yeah it's very right? exciting you know, like well, I go out um, sometimes I'll have another gig booked and I can't go play with him when Brian's got a gig and so I'll have other people come sit in and if I can catch the last part of the set I always like to come out and check it out because mm-hmm. it's like it's a different incarnation of the band it's a different mm-hmm. sound and it's always cool oh yeah yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun 
Like, yeah, just, you know, talking about some of the songs we do, you know, like, for example, a song we will sometimes do is All Blues by Miles Davis. But we'll do that in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll play like a, a funk tune. Right. And sometimes we'll play like a slow rock tune. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, we play it in different ways. And like every time I hear it and I love hearing other people's versions of that, you know, when, yeah, yeah. when like I'm not able to make the gig and somebody's sitting in. I love hearing what they what their interpretation of it is. Sure. Uh, and it it what's fun is like when somebody is playing. Okay, well we oh Brian calls a tune. Everybody knows this song, um, but then somebody does something different that nobody's heard yet in the band, and then reading off that and feeding off that, and then creating a whole new like something like we've never done before with this song. Right. You know, that's what's exciting for me, and it's probably the most fun. Sure about playing with Brian is. yeah yeah and then so that leads me into your your other project with um um oh my gosh Brandon Vought oh Satori yeah. yeah and then so Brandon's also been on the show we've had an interview with him that went good and so him and Caleb kind of yeah, yeah. decided to do a thing and now you're playing so talk a little bit about what you guys are doing with Satori yeah um well actually I kind of got into Satori, it's kind of Brandon Boat's um, project. He started that, um, him and Caleb. And I met Caleb through Brian Ruskin, and um, I really enjoyed playing with Caleb and hanging out. And So he asked me if I'd come and jam with Satori, and I did, and uh, really enjoyed it. And so what we're working on right now, we just put out our second album. Um, uh, been, it's been a couple months now. Um, and right now we're working on the idea of writing a concept album. We've talked mm-hmm. about it. That's fun. I think we want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just trying to come up with some ideas of mm-hmm. what we want to make the whole thing about. Um, yeah, but that group is kind of similar to the Brian Ruskin Quartet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's all original music. We don't, well, we'll do a few covers here and there at live shows. But uh, for the most part, we're trying to put out mostly original stuff. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a real exciting process to write mm-hmm. with those guys. Caleb, he's very, very good songwriter, and and Brandon, he's he's a good songwriter as well. But he's just, um, he I'd say Brandon's a little more rhythmic when it mm-hmm. comes to his writing style. That's like, interesting. Yeah, he uh, yeah he he writes a lot of like licks that are you know based off of. Uh, patterns um, sure and uh it's pretty interesting what things he comes up with and then caleb you know he make he writes in the weirdest time signatures but he makes it sound like like if you weren't trying to count it out Mm -hmm. you wouldn't even realize it's an odd time signature he does a lot of you know nine eight and sometimes you'll be like i don't know right five he does five a lot sure seven Writes in seven a lot. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it, I can tell you guys do too. Yeah, we you love know? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's just, the way I think Caleb does a really nice job with it because, like, if you weren't really listening for it to be seven, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know. know. Yeah, yeah. Like your average listener, not like your experienced musician. Like if you just got an average listener listening to it, like, oh yeah, this is good. This is cool. You're not like, oh, it feels weird. You know, because that's usually the response with odd time signatures. Sure. Or, people who aren't real into 
music or quite understand all that. When it's not in four four, they're like, oh, it feels weird. Mm-hmm. It's usually the. I think take five and then money are probably two good examples yeah, of yeah. ones that don't feel weird. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they yeah, feel yeah. really normal when you hear yeah. those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and that that's really interesting. Your your band is kind of fascinating to me because I like what I was trying to run back when I started into town is a, a, a kind of a prog rock, bring a lot of stuff. Just like mm-hmm. Brian, just like you yeah, guys. Yeah. I mine was much more like pop driven. You know, I had a lot more covers rock covers but but it's writing kinds of stuff like that and i always found it funny the people that are purposefully trying to find the odd meters and find the really interesting artistic kind of stuff and then the people that just that if you if you nudge them they would go there but they choose not to like that whole thing fascinates me of why musicians choose the mustang sally bands and why you know and the you know the and why why guys would choose to do a band like yours like i mean do you have any opinions about that about like why you guys purposely want to do that or are willing to do that or like well for for me anyway um like I, i've played in those mustang sally bands and mm-hmm. you know it's fun i don't i don't have anything bad to say about that like mm-hmm. i i enjoy it um usually those are like your more consistent paying gigs if you get you can get in a band that's gigging a lot with those, um, but it does it does get boring because what it becomes is like you got a set list and you play the set list, mm-hmm. the same set list every show every time it's the same, and I don't know for me I like the um, the freedom to express myself in a different way you know like be able to you know like with the story Satori songs like. We don't always play them the exact same way every single time, you know. Sometimes yeah. we'll like re- rehearse them a little differently and throw new ideas. Like the whole idea of that band is just it's an open collaboration for art. You know, we're just trying mm-hmm. to express ourselves. And uh, like I was talking about Caleb's songwriting is so, a lot of the time he's not even trying to come up with odd time signatures. He just writes something and it just happens to be an odd time yeah. signature. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why it sounds so smooth. It, is because it's he's not trying to. You're right, right. Um, and then there are times where we we do like sit down and we're like, okay, here's the goal for this song. We're gonna try to do it in five or whatever. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, it's just like we write the song and then like we sitting back and counting it and we're like, oh, this is <laughs> this is in five or sure. whatever, you know. Yeah, what I think is funny too is when you do that, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, that," and then you guys yeah, like, yeah. Uh, um, "Who's your drummer?" I keep forgetting. Joel, his name. Joel, like a Joel, you know, is a good example. Like, oh, that one, da, 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 and he just yeah. plays it, you know, because this is so, you know, it's so natural for you guys to go into odd meters and stuff. Like you, like you said, you guys probably don't even notice. Yeah, a lot of times you know, we don't. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we got to sit back and count it to figure it out, and it's usually when people ask us questions about it. Right. So then we go like, well, what are we doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fun. Uh, like, and that that's one thing that I was trying to get out of Brandon of why he thought to have you know specifically you and Joel in there, and it sounds like that you guys were kind of friends and you guys were good, and so then we make a band, and that's as far as I think he maybe thought, was thinking about it, and I was wondering, with my band, I knew that I had, like, I had, agenda's a bad word, but I had, like, 
bullet points of things they needed to be able to do. They needed to be able to play in odd meters. They needed to have, be able to handle a 13 chord song. Yeah. You know, they need to have a talent level up to, you know, or they needed to be able to play in a lot of different genres. And like, yeah. um, I wonder if, I wonder if in the back of his head, he sort of knew that, but he wouldn't, wasn't really saying it out loud, you well, know, why he, cho- I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure he knew what he was looking for, mm-hmm. you know, but I think he was, I, I don't know how well you know Brandon, but he's just a very down to earth, chill. Sure easygoing person um and i feel like he's the type of person that just kind of lets things go with the flow and it was like we'll we'll try this out for a while yeah you know and i think he's more about having a positive experience with things than like making the agenda a priority right right yeah sure and so there was a another bass player in the band before i was and you know they 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 were kind of experiencing the, the lack of uh, technical ability with him. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, when I met him, started hanging out with him, they asked if I'd be interested in just jamming. And that's yeah. what started out, was just coming over and jamming. And then um, they had a talk with their other bass player and told him, like, we were kind of looking for somebody who's a little more, or has a different skill level, you know. Right. And so then they asked if I'd be interested in, doing it that's cool yeah yeah so So you you and i a a while ago were talking about the idea of like what people are thinking about while they're playing or what what should they be thinking about like as a bass player you know talking about like kind of the role in the band a little bit you know um talk to me what what you not just for satori you can talk about them if you want but what are you how are you coming at it you know in in regards to your role of well, yeah, I, I think that's like the most important thing, or one of the most important things to think about um, when you're playing in a group is like, what is your role in this group? Like, are you, uh, are you uh, like supposed to be the guy with a lot of chops and, and, and shred? Are you supposed to be just a, you know an accompaniment to the vocals? Uh, are you supposed to be keeping time? Are you like what are you supposed to be doing in this band? What is your job? That'd be Jocko. Right, yeah, your yeah. your role is to just yeah, you yeah. Know, destroy exactly. everyone. Yeah, 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 right. That, you know that was his band. That was his role. Um, but that's not appropriate for every setting. You mm-hmm. know, it's like I I play in this country band every now and then, and uh, if I did that on those gigs, I wouldn't be hired anymore. Yeah. Um, right. You know, they just want one in five, mm-hmm. just the whole time, and that's yeah. you know it's fine. Like I I understand that going into that gig, like that's my job. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like with Satori, it's a little more, uh, free. I, it's right. more about, um, my job is, yes, to keep time and keep the rhythms going and kind of keep all that locked down. But, you know, it's also a little more open for, uh, more experimental, um, ideas and stuff mm-hmm. and, and be a little more, um, busy at, at, with my bass lines. Right, right. You know, that, that's that role and that, um gig um you know i did musical theater for for a while and uh, that role is just read the page they have the sheet music for you and they just want yeah. you playing that you know mm-hmm. and so it's kind of you know that's an important thing as a musician is like what is your role in the band uh because like you can have all the chops in the world and nobody cares if you're not supposed to be doing it at that time yeah. you know like 
Like, it doesn't matter how good you are. That can, like, get you fired from gigs is not playing your role. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I have said this before on the show about country. It's like the... Sometimes, and I always ask bass and drummers this because I think it's fascinating about the amount of filling. And like, and you, you hear a lot of guys, like I had definitely this one friend of mine in college who was a drummer and he just, he just could not sit on his hands. I mean, he just always had yeah. to be doing shit, you know? And like, and so, but he didn't realize, you know, it probably because he was just ADD and he just had to be doing, <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't know if he could have done country yeah. Like if his brain would have even let him do country, you know. Yeah, that, it's. I mean, it's a to different just kind sit of there, you know? kind of discipline. It's a different mm-hmm. kind of discipline. You know, the the fills are are super simple, um, and they're not every time around. Right. It's like maybe every four bars at the most, and then at that point, that's almost too much. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, it's pretty much just keeping it down, keeping the feel, keeping the time. Right. Uh, as a bass player, keeping the changes, you know, mm-hmm. and usually it's one, four, five, or, you know, they'll have other chords there every now and then, but for the most part, it's one, four, five. Sure. For your country, standard country tunes. My, 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 uh, my other, uh, guitar player that I play with, he goes, he goes, this time we're going to the minor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laugh at him every time, you know, I'm like, oh, the six. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> It's the six or the two, you know, yeah. when I, you know, minor, I don't know, I always give him crap because <laughs> he's not into jazz and so, you know, he's simple and do, you know, I just, uh, I just think it's really funny, especially when I ran my band about talking about the role of each player, you know, and, and also like just even little stuff like range of the bass, you know, when do I need to be yeah. way down and mm-hmm. give it some real beef and then, like, for example, like, uprights, you know, on the solo, I mean, you stay down and it's muddy as crap, yeah, no you know? I mean, there, that's yeah. why they're all, you know, up in thumb and mm-hmm. position and crap. And I'm like, yeah, because we can't hear it, you know? Yeah, this yeah. weird stuff like that is, is always cracking me up about just telling guys, okay, do it, you know? Well, there's more to it than that, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're thinking out what range I need to be in, when do I need to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, like... Uh, you know, when it comes to like bass solos, um, for me anyway, like I've always, especially in like in a, a jazz quartet setting, a lot of the times like the bass player is the last person to solo, and it's usually because someone was done, so they were ran out of ideas, so they just stopped playing. You know, and uh, it's not all the time, but it happens a lot. And so then you know it's your turn to solo, and um, for me, I like to like just kind of keep walking the line or keep playing the bass line for a few bars you mm-hmm. know, just let it settle down a little bit um and so sometimes on your solo, on you my solo sometimes yeah. you know eight bars of my solo is just walking a bass line mm-hmm. you know and i'll walk up to the upper register to a point where i can feel free or feel comfortable to start playing some mel- melodic ideas mm-hmm. you know um what, what do you think about slapping slapping um, like on upright or uh, well electric specifically electric. like uh, do you think people slap too much or do you th- or like what uh, I you know as a bass player I think it's awesome right um, I wish I was better at it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, you know I, I don't around town I don't hear anybody slapping too much yeah in my opinion yeah. 
Um, most of the time when I see somebody doing it, they're doing it, um, in an appropriate way. Like right. it's like, it's very tasteful. Right. Um, but I have seen videos online of people just getting too crazy sure. with it. Um, you know, but I guess like, you know, people like Victor Wooten, you know, that guy's yeah, insane. He's, he's like, insane. Yeah. Like he doesn't need a band. He just needs a bass and an amp. My four strings and me. Yeah. I've yeah, heard that's, yeah, that's yeah, a killer yeah. tune. That's all he needs. Um, house full of nothing. But like you know, Victor Wooten's an also also like another really great example of playing uh, the role because like when when he goes out on tour with Victor Wooten, you know he's playing the role of being the solo artist. Right. You know? Yeah. But when he you know plays goes with Bella, you know yeah. he's he's doing a great job just keeping it simple sometimes. You know like I've listened to a lot of Bela records. I'm a big Bela fan. Mm-hmm. And all the records he's on, he's. I mean, yeah, he gets some crazy solos. He has some crazy feels every now and then. But for the most part, it's pretty simple what he's doing. You know, he's just playing the role as, as the bass player. Right. Well, I mean, their their songs are nuts. So, yeah, so I well, mean, it, you know, well, the role is, yeah, is yeah. still like ridiculously fun in that band. Well, you know? when I say when I say simple, I right, mean, like, yeah, relative to the. I mean, I mean, it's noty as shit. You yeah, know yeah, I mean, yeah. but it's he's still like. I, I, I totally I totally know what you're saying though. He still knows where he's at. Mm-hmm. He yeah, knows he's, he's on stage with a bunch of yeah. other ridiculous players, you know, so mm-hmm. he doesn't have to take over, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's cool, man. So you mentioned a little bit about uh playing theater. Talk talk a little bit about uh musical theater. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, that was kind of an interesting thing I fell into. I just uh got called to sub in for, for a guy and uh it was actually one of the craziest, most stressful gigs of my life. <laughs> I just show up. They've been running the show for two weeks, mm. and I didn't get a chance to rehearse with anybody. Oh, wow. I showed up two hours before the show because we were supposed to do a rehearsal, but nobody else showed up. Um, didn't get the music until you know twenty minutes before the show, so I'm sitting there with the music director, making sure I got all the right notes and stuff. Good luck. Here you go. Yeah, and it's basically like, have fun. You know, we'll see you at the end. Um, and, yeah, it was okay. You know, mm-hmm. I can't say it was a perfect show by any means. Yeah. But it was okay. Like, um, and the next thing I know, the theater's calling me back to do the next show. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I might give this a second chance where I actually, you know, learn the show before I try to play it. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Did you, did, were you an orchestra? Yeah, I was. I was oh, okay. Yeah. So you've read forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like bass clef or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and, well, yeah, that's the thing about um, theater that I haven't had a whole lot of experience with. There are all kinds of like little words and, and cues, you know, mm-hmm. that they, they write in there that, um, you know, or, or, stuff that I wasn't familiar with, you know, like the whole, like the vamps and, right. you know, cue oh, lines right. and like other things you got to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, not just reading the music. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they've got their own kind of theater lingo. <laughs> and, uh, so it's like learning new vocabulary to yeah. figure out, okay, I see what this word is. It's button. I don't know what that means. <laughs> and, you know, so it's like figuring stuff out like that. Yeah. Um, 
and that's probably the actors throwing a button at some or you know or some <laughs> yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. you know what, mm-hmm. whatever's going on on stage you know you yeah, have, yeah, yeah there's this massive thing mm-hmm. but you know button the hell is it you know yeah, well yeah. The, in the scene there's a you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's your cue and yeah. I think that's what's so funny about theater when you have all this stuff going on and you need the they need the little triangle for mm-hmm. Tinkerbell or something you know whatever the hell's going yeah, on yeah. And, and you have like percussion I can't even imagine doing oh, percussion oh I know reading uh, one of those scores uh, right yeah crazy they're they're just I mean they they've got Neil Peart or uh, no what's the Neil Peart yeah he's the drummer right for Rush, Rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so you know they've got mm-hmm. this you know monstrosity of crap there you know the <laughs> percussion is they've got their wood block and their t- and then the timpani and the traps and like yeah. dealing with all that crap on stage is just that's just funny to me yeah no it's actually you know once i got a little more comfortable with the theater that's pretty much what i'd be focusing on was the drummer and watching mm-hmm. all those bells mm-hmm. and whistles and did uh, you find uh i always found that because if you guys don't know you know they give you this you know, ridiculous book of like 45 tunes, right? I mean, they're all short too. Mm-hmm. And they're, yeah. and there's a little of little, uh, in between. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Transition. The transitional music. music. Yeah. So like, did you have trouble with like flipping like, Oh yeah. Three, two, four, three, two, you know, just each song and keys and like, yeah, the, the key. Well, that's the other thing that's crazy about it. It'll be like a lot of, uh, a lot of musical theater. They'll have like a theme. You know, like a theme one, right? You know, and that that appears for eight bars every three songs or something. Yeah, that's know. funny. But every time it's in a different key, right? Know? Yeah. And Thanks. So, <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, and then you know, uh, the page turns are brutal, and so it's like that was just a whole different animal learning how to, right? Learn how to do that and read that and read ahead and be prepared for all that. And, you know, it was a lot of fun, and I'd, I'd definitely do some more theater gigs. Um, but I just needed a break from it for a while. Yeah. Um, it was just getting to the point where it's a, it's a lot of work, doing the, right. doing the, all the rehearsals. all the, it's, a, it's a big time commitment, and it kind of prevents you from booking other shows and other gigs right. and things. That's a big problem, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge time commitment. You know, it's, it's nice because it's a, it's a solid paycheck. You know, for however long you're yeah. running the show, but then uh, you miss out on a lot of other opportunities. Right. Yeah. So that so that's a good transition. So we talked about this a little bit on the Satori uh, interview, where it, it's it's always the challenge to know where to make our money. Mm-hmm. You know, as musicians out here, and uh, I've I found that a lot of people tend to find their day job whatever the hell that is you know and then they now that they don't have to you know worry about money so bad now they can come join a really interesting artistic group and not have to go yeah be in the um the mustang sally bands and they you know they don't just you know sell out and be the performing monkey and all that crap you know but uh what what's your feeling on that um well me personally i was doing just music for a little over a year when I decided I needed to get something else yeah. going. I was, because I was, I was a performing monkey. I was taking every single gig mm-hmm. that got thrown at me. And a lot of them, I, I just wasn't into. They weren't my thing. Right. You know, and it was, it was like, a, I was doing it purely for the money. Yeah. You know, and 
And at that point, I was like, the money wasn't that great either, you know. <laughs> and um, so I thought about teaching, and I thought about doing whatever. And I've stumbled across um, a really nice part-time uh, construction job. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing I like about that is everybody on the crew is a musician. And oh, so, that's weird. Yeah. That's funny. It, and it's great because they understand like what it means to have a gig and like, oh, I need to take off early or I can't work this day here. They're very, very flexible. And I mean, it's like the perfect um, mm -hmm. you know, part-time gig for me, you know, and... Um, Sounds like they're understanding. Yeah, they're very understanding, which is like not always easy to find, you know, as a musician. Like that's, I think that's the hardest part. It doesn't really matter what you do. If you're going to get a day job, uh, the the one thing that's important is that they understand and that they're flexible. You know? Sure, because I mean, because you're just talking about the time commitment of the theater gig, and how that just screws over nights for a month. Yeah, you know, or yeah. two months or something, right? And mm -hmm. so that that's kind of the key. I mean, would you say that that's kind of the key? Is you've got to find like day. Right for your day uh, for mm -hmm. the actual day job, you can't find a waitress. Yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to like bartend right. or yeah, waiter job would be kind of hard. Right. So like, and especially like nobody wants to wait tables. You know, Monday at three p.m. You know, mm -hmm. nobody goes out to eat on Monday three right. p.m. You know, so you're not gonna be making a whole lot of money doing that anyway. Right. But that seems obvious. I mean, that seems like an obvious thing, you know, to find a different time to do your job. But it it really is a problem. I've I've noticed that myself. Is that if I I've got these three or four projects, teaching and playing, and 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 if I go get a day job, it screws all of them up. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. because I I can't go do Best Buy because I'm like I can only work mornings, and they're like, okay, uh huh, yeah. we hear you, you know, and then all of a sudden they start. You know, scheduling you whenever they feel like yeah, yeah. it's hard, you know. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I mean, I've, I've dealt with that before too, and um, I just, I just got out of that. Yeah. And, you know, and so I feel pretty fortunate right now with how flexible everybody is and understanding everybody is on the crew. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, and I actually really enjoy what I do. It's, um, mm -hmm. it's a different kind of. Um, gratification you know with music it's very slow it can be a painful process but it, it, it takes time to see the results with music yeah. you know whereas like in this construction job you know in, in a week I can look back and say I, I did that right yeah it feels kind of good sure. <laughs> you know yeah what, what would you say uh, about the idea of doing something different from music too do you think that's important for some people in their day job I think it is for, for me anyway mm -hmm. um yeah, because it, it, it kind of makes me excited about playing music, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I just got off work, and now I can't wait to play my bass, can't wait to practice, can't wait to go do this rehearsal, you know? And, um, when I was doing music all the time, you know, like, playing gigs I wasn't interested in, I was just like, when I had time to practice, I didn't want to. I was just like, oh. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I was sick of playing, but I was just like, I was tired of playing at the time you know I was just like ah, I don't really feel like practicing right now right um, that was just me um, and, you know if you're the kind of person that uh, you know can finish you know teaching all day and then want to go practice some more then awesome yeah yeah sure um, 
But for me, I, I, I just didn't seem to work too well. Right, right. Drowning in G flats all day. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just your mind and, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's probably nice. I've been working with a buddy doing some handyman kind of, you know, similar thing. And it's been really nice for me, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, that just, just getting your mind. Pace, yeah. And, like, different change of pace, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were, and you, you mentioned, I think we didn't even really even get into kind of how you started, but how was, how was orchestra for you? Did you, did you like orchestra or how was all of that? Uh, I liked my orchestra teacher. I had a really great orchestra teacher, um, growing up and yeah, I did like orchestra. It was probably one of my favorite classes in high school and middle school, but, um, I just never enjoyed the music, mm. you know, as, yeah. as a young teenager, you know, uh, Handel and Bach and mm-hmm. all that. It's like, now, I, you know, it blows my mind. Right. But then it was just, it, it was boring. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, Sometimes it's the opposite of boring. It's the most mind, you know... Yeah. stimulating thing you can do at least playing it mm-hmm. you know yeah, it's like sure. I can't even keep up with this crap it's so like yeah. difficult you know it's like yeah well and so like yeah orchestra was just uh, the music to me was boring but um, in in college I, I, I volunteered for the, the orchestra there and I, mm-hmm. I sat in and um, I, I really enjoyed that Right. Um, but we were playing some more difficult repertoire and um, yeah that was, that was fun um, but I, I had spent a lot of my time in the jazz program okay and yeah so, yeah yeah at uh, college yeah mm-hmm. and uh, yeah orchestra was uh, yeah it was it was, a, it was a good experience for me for sure like sure. it's kind of where I learned my how to read music, how to, yeah. all these technical things, you know, um, uh, like, in, uh, you know, something I've found is like, the orchestral bass players, they tend to play um, more in tune than, you mm-hmm. know, just somebody that's just studied jazz. Sure. You know, and so, like, I feel like that's, it's helped with my intonation and uh, just all kinds of technical things. So, yeah, it was, it was a very good experience. But yeah, like the music for me was just I don't know. Yeah, thirteen year old. Oh yeah, Bach I mean, wasn't cool. Sure. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's always funny. Like the fourth graders, they they come in and they play, and it's you know it's kind of, I mean they're playing open strings and it's boring and stuff, and then as soon as they get that da 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 da, you know, album park up, they're like, oh, that song's funny, you know, and then afterwards they're all like, again, you know, but you gotta have one of those, you know, every. Every two months to kind of yeah grab them back in again, you know, because they're getting bored. But did you? Uh, so so obviously that was an easy transition over to the like um, over to the theater stuff. Then I mean, it's yeah. very similar, very right? Similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and uh, yeah, very very similar. Um, so something that I like tend to struggle with is like I also like play electric bass mm-hmm. and sight reading music on electric bass is a little different because mm-hmm. you know a lot of times it'll give you a tablature or something else and um, the, the positions can be different than on upright and, yeah uh, 
for whatever reason, I just don't, I, or at least in school, I didn't um, have to sight read for the electric. Every time I got sheet music, sure. it was for the upright. Right. And so doing a couple of these musical theater gigs, you know, playing electric and sight reading the music. Um, like, you know, I was in the, I did Cats, um, mm -hmm. that was all electric. Uh, I did um, Tommy, mm -hmm. all electric bass, you know, music from The Who. That, that's actually a really cool musical. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, it was interesting seeing all these Who songs, you know, and their <laughs> arrangement, and, like actually seeing it written out. Oh, yeah, I bet that's and, nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was cool. Um, yeah. That's always weird what, looking at songs that you've never played written out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, for I sure, mean, yeah. And you look at it and it's so square. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, just, yeah, you yeah. know, attitude wise and, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, all of those piano versions, you know, when they give you a piano yeah, yeah, book yeah, of yeah. Aladdin or some, you know, some random series of yeah. Beatles, right? Be mm -hmm. The Beatles piano book. Just like, oh my gosh, it's yeah, terrible. It's, it's like <laughs> and then you listen to Paul McCartney do it and it's like, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. well, it's so hard to like notate the, mm -hmm. the rhythms, um, especially like in pop music, it's kind of like a slang rhythm, you know, right. it's like, yeah. they're not exact subdivisions. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, that's like, I guess that's like a dialect, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's, yeah. music's a language is like learning how to, you know, speak the dialect and mm -hmm. speak the accent. You know? The one that it's hard for me when I try to get uh, classical players to play is when they write swing out and triplets. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that one mm -hmm. is an example of that, you know, mm -hmm. like you're just like, well... Yeah, it's technically a you know it's technically a triplet, but but not not, not really you know? like the math's not exact. Uh, yeah, but, you know it's that's funny. Was what was what was hard for you starting out? Was there anything that was kind of tricky, um, or, or even lately or whatever? I mean, is there any? Well, something yeah. like I always struggled with was reading music. Yeah. I like that took me forever to like get good at. Yeah, you know. Um, and it wasn't so much like reading the notes, like that made, that all made sense to me. The thing that I struggled with was the rhythms. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I just don't think, um, it, it was explained well enough to me mm -hmm. or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Who knows? Who knows? I just know that that was, when I was younger, that was something I really struggled with was reading rhythms. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, as far as like strengths, I always like had a, had a good ear, like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I relied on instead mm -hmm. of reading the rhythms like well I know how it's supposed to sound so <laughs> you just listen the first four rehearsals yeah, right yeah, you're yeah. sight reading yeah yeah <laughs> that was the same way I, uh, yeah yeah that's funny the um <laughs> Larry or no Ron White has this joke about this tire guy and his tire falls off and he's like the guy missed lug nut day you know this tire guy and they like it was like all, all these kids that are missing quarter note day you know mm -hmm. you're talking about not getting trained yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I mean, who knows it might have been something where I was right. mm -hmm. or something yeah but it was just yeah but some rhythms are w written out really weird they are yeah and then you you play it you know d dot dot da 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 and you're like oh that yeah yeah you're right I'm sure the, is that yeah. what happened to you basically every oh, time yeah time. yeah you know um yeah my orchestra teacher, she would always make up funny uh, sayings, you know, like for the rhythm, like watermelon or right, pepperoni right. pizza, sure. or, yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, and that 
I was more into that than actually reading the notes on the page. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of, uh, especially in the non-classical world, because classical people, that's all they do is read. I mean, they're really yeah, good at yeah. it. I mean, they're, they're 10 times better readers than I am. But I think in all of, you know, the American genres anyway, the blues guys, country, rock, jazz, jazz guys can get okay at reading in general, but mm -hmm. all that blues, rock, country, bluegrass, area folk, they, yeah. they, they've always talked about reading being a problem, like yeah. a major problem, <laughs> you know, and, and they'll, they'll sit there and, you know, hack out something, the third shot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you play it through them three times, and they're like, okay. And then they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've heard a lot of people talk about that, where... Um, do, do you think that that would be a better idea? Because this is the Suzuki method to start everybody yeah, out yeah. here. Well, you know, what do you think about that? That's how I was taught. Mm -hmm. um, like, my first experiences with music were uh, sitting down at, you know boy scout campfire listening to guys play guitar and then mm. trying to figure out what they were doing right you know and it was basically like blues and folk songs that they'd be playing um and then uh for whatever reason i thought the upright bass was pretty sweet and i wanted to play that <laughs> what well, is pretty sweet i was like i want i want to play that one the big one over there yeah um and my first bass instructor that's how he taught was the suzuki method right right and um, for me, yeah, I thought it would it worked really well. Mm -hmm. like, I was getting to the point where I was doing a lot more technically advanced things without really understanding what I was doing necessarily. Like I didn't understand, oh, I'm playing 16th notes here or I'm playing eighth notes here or mm -hmm. these are weird subdivisions here. I'm playing syncopations. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't, under, I didn't understand like what it was I was doing, but I was still doing it. And so when I actually sat down to actually learn how to read, like I was like, okay, I need to know how to do this. I need to be better at this. Right. Uh, it, it, I, it just made more sense, I think, you know, because like it's so hard because like music's not on a piece of paper, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. it's not the paper, it's not yeah. the ink, yep. it's what you're hearing. And so like it's, it's so hard to like start Especially with a you know a kid you know and try to it's hard to get a kid to sit still let alone look at a sheet of paper and be like this is music and then it's it's hard to explain that it's a yeah. it's a weird idea a weird concept this is a piece of paper yeah yeah remember that yeah you know yeah and that's yeah it's very abstract isn't it mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's interesting and uh, on a on a little bit different note uh, I haven't really ever asked somebody this but so. For us, a lot of my students, because it sounds like you bowed a lot on bass, mm -hmm. you know, with not just plucking like the jazz guys do, and like I've always found that I, I think it's hilarious how it seems like Wichita kids love to play at the Frog, mm. and they they always sit there, you know, and they and they were you know again I'm stereotyping, but it, typically aggressive. The kids up here they pull way out. Mm. They're two thirds out in the bow, and that's really comfortable for them. Even the fiddle players that I've seen. Because when I would, if I were to play fiddle music, I'd stay right in the middle, mm -hmm. you know, because you yeah, have yeah. that fulcrum and it's like, I mean, you yeah, can just yeah. go as fast as you want, but they, they want to come out another, you know, another two, three inches from, you know, two thirds out, yeah, whatever. With, with bass, is it hard to get a really good sound like out upper half? I mean, do you really have to stay down by your hand or um, like... 
Yeah, yeah, to answer your question, yes, it's more difficult to get a louder sound on the second half of your mm-hmm. bow. Um, but, um, you know, it's just like we are uh, speed, weight, placement. You know, right. like that's all about finding that balance. And when you can uh, get comfortable and understand where that is, where you can get the big sound out of that, um, you know, it's like when you, when you, you do it, you're doing a down bow. And you're doing like a like a whole note or something to mm-hmm. like to keep that same sound consistent. Yeah. You know, the first half of your bow is going to be moving a little bit slower than the second half. Yeah. You know, because you got to speed that second half up to because right. you're losing all a lot of that weight. Um, but then you also have to you know be able to put more weight into the bow, learn how to. Yeah. You know, uh, I play a French bow. Yeah. Um, I, I've never really I always forget French is this yeah, right yeah, and for, German mm-hmm. is the other yeah, yeah. and I, I haven't experimented too much with the German bow um, German seems weird to me it every is t- it's every time. weird yeah I don't I mean I've seen some monster players use mm-hmm. them um, but I've never I've never experimented with that um, but as far as the French bow goes you know it's kind of like the same thing you got that fulcrum mm-hmm. um, yeah but you know it's a it's it's better um, to use the weight of your arm and try to like, you know, press down. And that's kind of how you get a forced sound. You know, mm. not a not a. You mean it's better to use weight instead of press? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like agree. Using yeah. the weight of your arm, right. to, to do that. And so, because what we want to do, yeah, what you want right, to do is, get is, is just ten, like, yeah. yeah, use mm. your arm as kind of a lever, right there on that. Yeah, and you're, yeah. and then you're, you're squeezing, you squeeze, yeah, yeah. It's all about relax, right. Um, See, I think bass would be hard for that because, like, when because we tried for uh, college, you know, they had the uh, methods classes where mm-hmm. we'd go in and learn all the strings, and I already knew that, you know, so they gave me cello and bass, and God, I had to like, you know, I yeah. I had well, to just it's put a, a lot of umph into that, you know. It's a big instrument, and um, yeah, it's really easy to get tense up on it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, yeah, I I started with Johnny Hamill. Mm-hmm. Um, forever and he was really good about trying to get you to relax like that's that's what we do for an entire lesson sometimes yeah, yeah. Is just play whole notes the entire lesson and we just you know do scales and it's all about just relaxing you know because mm. um, you're like adjusting that and i think that's what people don't understand about bowing right yeah, is yeah. i mean you're because yeah, you, yeah. you, you were talking about speed mm-hmm. right and yeah. then the and then the weight and yeah the, it's a lot of things to think about yeah you know? and it's Sometimes, you know, starting out, you just got to think about one thing at a time. You know? mm-hmm. It's like, okay, where's a good place to keep my bow to get this note to sound good? Right. The next thing you know, think about, like, you try to think about all three at once. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. it, your mind gets tense because it's not oh, yeah. to think about. And then when your mind's tense, your body's tense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good piece of advice too. I mean, I do that with my students all the time is try to give them the one thing because now you don't think about that. No, right? I don't, now no, you just, just, you, just natural. It's just natural and adjust. It's part yeah. of my bow arm now, you know, it's, right. it's yeah. And I, I still work on things like that mm-hmm. um, because I'm sure I've developed several bad habits here <laughs> and there. Um, so it's always good to, you know, reevaluate. Oh, sure. Like we all have. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that idea. I I, I get nervous with my students, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I'm gonna be, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. showing them bad habits and stuff, and you know, um, maybe it isn't the end of the world, you know, <laughs> even if I do a couple, you know, a couple of weird ones, but uh, but yeah, yeah that's really cool, man. I 
What What do you think about bowed bass solos? Like on like jazz records mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, it it just kind of depends on the solo and, and who's doing it and mm-hmm. and um, most of the time I think it's really cool, you know. Um, I've heard some bad ones, mm-hmm. but I you know I've heard some really killing ones. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, John Clayton. Um, I think he's got a very gorgeous Arco sound. Um, uh, he's got this, uh, it's a big band record. Uh, it's him, I think it's Milt Jackson on Vibes, I think. And anyway, he does this version of Emily. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he bows the melody and he takes a, a Arco bass solo and it's just like this waltz ballad piece. You know? mm-hmm. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of, like, uh, Paul Chambers stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do bebop lines <laughs> with the bow. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Um, I have not tried that. <laughs> uh, at least not not the bebop stuff. Right. I've, I've done um, bowed bass solos with like ballads and, and things right. like that but I have done that. you'd probably be good at it because I mean I, I guess that you're pretty decent I've never heard you play upright yeah. with a bow you know well, but, I mean you've done yeah. it for a while I the, mean the thing that I like you know uh, Paul Chambers you know when he does it he just slurs everything right yeah you know, he's just yeah. slurring everything mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's the approach I'd want to take or mm-hmm. if I'd want to try to like come up with some bowings that would make it a little more articulate I don't know, um, but that might be something I, I try yeah. experimenting with. I slur a lot, but yeah. you know, I try it on purpose, you know, yeah, to make yeah. it because I like really smooth playing. I don't like choppy yeah. stuff. Um, but and then, so the reason why I was asking about the bass solo thing is because I know a lot of guys possibly don't come from classic. You know, it's some jazz guys have always just been into jazz stuff and they're like, okay, now I need to learn the bow. Yeah, yeah. And then when they do it, I have a feeling that they pull out too far. That, that's one of my criticisms, you know, yeah, is that yeah, they're yeah. It, like, cause that's mm-hmm. why I was asking at the frog. Cause you're, yeah. you're, when you get well, down there, you get that real core mm-hmm. grabby, you yeah, know, yeah, that's, where, that's all. I mean, that's where the, the way your hand's going to be the easiest to manipulate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you have the most control of that. Um, yeah, one thing I can say about the you know bowing with the bass is like, uh, you have to use every single inch of that bow, mm. you know, um, like from the very part where that hair is on the frog right, to yeah. the very tip, you know, especially if you're playing like uh, whole notes, right? You know? Yeah, um, and it's 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 kind of about the hard part with playing whole notes is like if you got like tied whole notes over bars and stuff, mm. is transitioning, you know. Because you, you're not going to be able to do a whole down bow for two bars of, yeah you know. Big eight counts. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're not going to be able to do that. And so being able to transition without it sounding like a hiccup in the right, sound. Uh-huh. Yeah. Know, then that's that's really difficult. Um, and uh, one thing that, um, you know, Francois Raboff talks about is like, uh, it, it's, it's in, you're feeling it in your body. You know, you're not... You're not moving your arm and doing it. It's mm. like it's, it, it, that transition's starting here in yeah. the core. You know, and you're, you're That's hearing interesting, it, yeah. You know. I wondered if, because uh, it's it's hard to see this, but instead of like, instead of you see, mm-hmm. like that, you know, back and forth, yeah, yeah. the ends are sort of like, 
I think this is what you're sort of kind of getting at is the end is sort of like oval rounded. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like a circular but shape. you can't do that, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not a thing, <laughs> right? Because you're just your bow still is. Yeah, yeah. But you you kind of it's like, like it's like if. Yeah, you put an LED light on the tip of your bow and turn out the lights. The shape would be kind of like a like an oval versus right. just a straight line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A very very jagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely an oval as opposed to a square. Yeah. Know, yeah. yeah that, that's really interesting. So he's saying that you kind of use your body to yeah. move. That, well, that's he, really. He talks about how it starts from your feet and mm. goes all the way through your body, and it's it's a you know it's. It's, uh, you're, you're basically making the base and the bow an extension of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, That's too zen for me. I yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty deep stuff. Um, so. That's fine. That's cool, man. Uh, the, so, you know, probably, probably getting close to wrapping up here. Is there any, like, for, this show is for... 20-ish, you know, 20-ish year olds that are kind of getting into the music business. Do you have one big, uh, big major piece of advice that maybe we haven't talked about or one piece of advice for any giggers getting in? Uh, for anybody like trying to get into a gig and, uh, just go out and meet people. Like Mm -hmm. go support the scene, go out to every single live show you can, you can, um, talk to people and go to the jam sessions, Mm -hmm. you know, like. Get yourself out there. Let people know you're there. Um, you know, you can try doing that stuff through Facebook, but I just don't think that works as well as actually just showing up to a show. Especially yeah. like here in Kansas City, it's it's a it's a music community, you know. And to be a part of that community, you have to be going to the shows. You have to be going, showing your face there, and and supporting, you know, the other mm-hmm. musicians. You know, that's how you meet people. That's how you get your name out there. Yeah. So I think that's probably the best advice I could give anybody is just go watch live music somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. some local music, you know. Go talk to the yeah, guys go, too. Go talk yeah, to them. Yeah, everybody is super friendly here. And yeah, yeah, they are super friendly here. Yeah, I mean, you just just say, "Hey, man, it sounded great." Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. You know, if you're a little more uh, gutsy and you want to talk about other stuff too, go for it. But some people just, you know, just go out, say hi. Mm-hmm. Some people will shout. Yeah, that's a it's a good piece of advice. I mean, they can't you can't get a gig if nobody knows you. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna get yeah. called ever. Um, right. The other thing, you know, um, maybe have some business cards or something so when you do go out, you can hand them out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, something. Be be prepared a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's cool, man. Uh, yeah. So uh, definitely, I I've. Uh, you know, kind of, again, you know, publicly, you know, thank you guys for letting me come, you know, jam a couple of tunes with you. And then Brian's gig, too, have come up to his gigs. He he lets me come and sit in a little bit, and I I definitely appreciate it. Um, But uh, it's really fun to meet guys like yourself because we're kind of, you know, pretty... You know, on the same wavelength, music-wise, yeah, I, I, yeah. Would, I would say, and yeah, it's, and so that's really cool to to meet some of you guys. Definitely, Caleb's been a good, you know, yeah, good yeah. buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, just just to know, and um, your guys' whole crew you got that Satori, yeah, yeah, Ruskin it's, it's crew, you know, has been yeah. really nice to me, anyways. So I definitely appreciate it from from my end, and uh, but yeah, that's cool, man. So uh, 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else to what else to say, really. So uh, yeah. unless you got anything else, no, yeah. I think I think that's all I Sweet man. Well, um, this is Jacob Romer playing around town. Come check him out with uh, Satori and uh, Brian Ruskin Quartet. And uh, there you go, dude. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming, really man. Appreciate yeah. you, Rob. We'll be back next time with some more interviews. So uh, see you guys later.